This is Hawkside Guns Podcast. What is up, y'all? It is a fine edition of Hawkside Guns. And uh, by fine edition, I mean going to be different this time than it normally is, or at least a little bit, in which, uh, and you guys can write in, tell us if you hate this or not, uh, or skip it or whatever, but it's not going to be strictly guns talk today. We're going to branch out to some different things. I know I have some different things, and so does Jake. But uh, we are going to start off with a little bit of gun talk because we have an email. And uh, email comes from our friend Jeff, who listens to the show, and he says, This is for Buona. Listen to your podcast every day at work. Keep up the good work. Greetings from Canada. And I sent this video to Jake uh, earlier uh, in the week, and it is a video of somebody who has a scoped camera that is attached to a 22 long rifle and they're bullseyeing wild hogs and in particular a a sow uh for those of you not I, familiar with now, hogs that is the I, female I, i'm forgetting did did they did we see what uh brand and kind of 22 it is i mean is it just your standard ruger 1022 or what uh, hold on here. Let's see here. Fat sour face. Oh no! Here it is. Twenty-two long rifle Ruger ten twenty-two T. Okay. Fitted with a Leaper's uh, Bug Buster scope. Oh, so it's it's the tactical version. It's the tactical. It is obviously a uh, forested area, and they're they're laying out some food for the hogs because uh, you can you can bait hogs. Uh, hogs are a uh, by the way, for anyone who does not know, they are a nuisance animal. They will eat your crops. They'll eat your chickens. They'll eat your eggs. They'll eat your plants. They'll eat, they'll eat anything. Anything that is smaller than them, they will eat. In, or kill. in fact, if you are looking to hide a body. Yeah. Hogs, uh, <laughs> as we know from, oh, God, what was the name of that movie? Damn it. Uh, Hannibal? No. Uh, it was a British movie. It was like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, but that wasn't it. Um, oh, Train Spotting. No. No, it wasn't a Train Spotting. Anyway, somebody's going to know this this movie. It's it's famous. <laughs> but anyway, um uh, you hogs will eat anything. They'll destroy anything. They can destroy your crops, they can destroy your flock, they can destroy anything. So they're a nuisance animal and it's best to get rid of them. They're also uh depending on how uh what time of year it is and how many piglets they have, extremely aggressive towards humans. They have no fear of humans. Uh this video is of this guy taking one uh, taking a sow down with a ten twenty two, a Ruger long or uh, a twenty two long rifle. And now, uh, I, I do notice that the sow was not charging him by any stretch of the imagination. No. And if they get mad, you're gonna get the head on view, which I don't know if you're going to be able to take one. Like a 22 won't go through the skull of a... Yeah, if you don't get it in the eye, you're not getting it. Of a hog. Yeah, it just won't. I've seen videos, and I sent one to Jake, of this guy shooting him with a 9mm. He shot this this hog. This, now, it was a big hog, but he shot this hog like eight <laughs> times. <laughs> Doesn't he eventually end up like throwing the gun at the hog and hopping yeah. in the back of the truck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just uh, did nothing but piss it off. It uh, it can't happen. Uh, I've seen hogs that big. Uh, the biggest hog I've ever taken was about 250 pounds, and I did it with a 44 Magnum uh, carbine, lever-action carbine, and dropped them at, at, I don't know, 25 yards. It wasn't far. They came out of the bushes, and uh, my father, like you know your father, right? Like he has a tone 
Uh, if you're if you're a son, your father has a tone where you know he's dead serious. And he said, Sean. I'm like, uh oh. Like I recognize the tone. I went and grabbed the uh forty four out of the back of the truck. We just have it laying up there in the spring and the fall, which are breeding seasons here in Texas. And I whipped around, had one in the chamber when the hog kind of got all the way out of the bushes and decided that it needed to defend its area from us. And I put one in it, dropped it, put another in it to make sure it stayed dropped. Mm-hmm. And, Rule two. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Half the distance, fire again. You know, <laughs> like that's that's how that works. That's the largest hog I've ever taken. But uh, this one looks to be about 100 pounds, maybe more, but about that size. And it has about six or seven piglets with it and with a 22 long rifle. Yep, right in the back of the neck, right behind the ear. Uh, but, but once again, what he's got is one of the Precision Tactical 1022s. You can put that 22 right there if you wanted to. My other thought was, was is he using a 22 or a 22 Magnum? If it's a 1022, it's a straight up just 22 long rifle. But yeah, and uh, it's uh, but you know, Bono always says, you know, every piece of North, every North American game animal in in Texas or uh, in the North America has been taken with a 22, and that is true. I- well, it, it, once again, if you're baiting them and they don't know you're there, I'm sure it's every bit possible to place that shot. I do not recommend it if this thing is charging you. Yeah, I don't either. I've seen them shrug off a 38. I've seen them shrug off a 9 millimeter. I like, like these are serious rounds that'll put down a human and and ho- like you get a hog big enough, they just don't. Especially if they're mad and defending their children or you know their piglets, they just don't care. <laughs> Like you better get something that makes them go dead very fast. My dad normally has a three three six Marlin. Uh, I have, of course, my Henry uh, that you sent me. Uh, my Henry lever action. Uh, that's what I use as, as a hog gun. A lot of people down here use a an AR fifteen. Believe it or not, that is the king of hog guns in Texas. Um, now, are they using five, a standard five? five? I was wondering whether or not a two two three would take one. Uh, a two two three will. But, I've seen them hunted with it, but I didn't know if they were using like a AR-10, like a, a 308 or something like that. Well, an AR-10 is is normally a, the preferred method. There's a lot of people who hunt with an AR-10. Um, some people do AR-15s, most with a 556. Um, I have seen people take a hog with a 223. It would not be what I would prefer. I want more stopping power because honestly, if it see if I'm close enough that I feel like I have to take the shot, that means the hog's being aggressive. Because if they're just out there like 100, 150 yards, and I see them, they're the way I look at it. I'm in no danger from that animal at 100 over 100 yards, even at 80 yards. I'm like, oh look, there's a hog under 50 yards. I'm gonna get a gun. You're nicer than I am. I'm looking at going. Oh look, there's barbecue. <laughs> You know, a lot of people do, and that's fair game down here. Um, they are a nuisance animal. There is no restriction and no license required to hunt a nuisance animal. So, uh, yes, yes. I sent this to Bon, and he's like, told you. I'm like, no, that's you can't say told you. You can't do that. That's not how that works. Uh, but uh jeff thank you you know, you, know, you know what you do is next time you guys actually do manage to go out to the ranch when you get there and you grab your shotgun to, to go uh shoot clays throw him your 22 and say just just for, for hogs yeah just for hogs and just and see what his response is 
<laughs> Did you bring the 40-foot? Because that's what it'll ask me. Like in the spring and the fall, like we just went through the spring, what we call the spring season, right? It's starting to get hot here in Texas. It's 9,500 degrees in, in the heat of the day. It's, it's, that's hot. So we don't normally shoot, uh, during the summertime. And then when fall comes, we'll, we get, so we have two shooting seasons. And in the springtime, there's a lot of hogs out. And he asks every time, every time before I get in the truck, you know, you got the, uh, you got the 44? Cause if not, I'll go get the 3030. Yeah, I got it. No, I'm, I'm serious. Next time he asks that, just look at him and go, I got the 22. I got it. I brought a 22 for you. <laughs> Every every American every North American game animal has been taken with a twenty two. Go ahead. Here you, you go. You're the one who told me it was okay. Yeah. Now I'm gonna be in the truck. <laughs> you take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> but uh oh, I also have a further report on the uh Henry Homesteader. Uh, as you recall, uh when Henry uh when I ordered the uh, Glock. Yeah, you were having trouble. With, you were having trouble with the Glock Max. I was having trouble with the Glock Max, and I called Henry, and they're like, oh, they apologized profusely and said, "Look, this is this is we think this is an isolated incident. There's probably some problem with the converter that we sent you, the the conversion kit that we sent you. Let us send you a free charge. Nothing, no, not anything. We'll let us overnight you one. Uh, it'll go out Monday. It'll be here Tuesday." Um, you know, this was a Saturday when we were talking about it. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I was just worried that I did something wrong. They're like, no, 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 no. If you can swap back and forth between the Henry uh, mags and the Glock mags and the Henry mags work fine and the Glock mags suck, um, it's obviously the Glock mag adapter. Let us send you another one. They overnighted one. It was there exactly when they said it was going to be free of charge. I'm like, did you, did you want the other one? They're like, no, throw it away. We don't need that. If it doesn't work, did, we don't want did, it back. Did that correct the problem? It did, immediately. I was, see, I was surprised it wouldn't want the other one back just to see what was wrong with it. Yeah, I think they knew what was wrong with it. I think they knew there oh, was a okay. bad batch somewhere, and they just didn't want to say that. But um, that's just my own personal opinion. They did not, you know, but they were like, no, we don't need that back. <laughs> if it doesn't work, we don't need it. I, I put the new mag adapter in. It, I mean, I fired probably four or 500 rounds through it, and it, anything didn't matter what i could not get it to fail so yeah no that was it that was absolutely it um and it works great so i do have a couple of things on my list for when i can start spending money on firearms again and that is real close to the top henry homesteader yeah it is amazing it is an amazing amazing rifle i am my my other top is something that hasn't been released yet but it's it's showing up at the different gun shows which is um, H and K is making their own micro compact 10 round firearm pistol carry, uh, concealed carry pistol. And it's basically a mini VP nine. <laughs> um, so I might have to have that. How many H K's have you had? I've had several, but I finally, you know, with the P 30, uh, you know, that's not going anywhere. Well, my dad finally, uh, bought his, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, he, fi- he just showed up one day when I was, uh, it was around the Henry Homesteader time, and I'm like, yeah, where's my HK? Shouldn't you bring that back and everything? He arrived that week with $800 in cash. Here. <laughs> Let's take it. I'm like, what, what the hell is all this for, you know? And I, I, it didn't occur to me. I'm like, he's like, the HK is mine now. I'm not giving it back. I'm like, it is as Jake has foreseen it, you know? Because <laughs> uh, Jake um, said, as I, soon as I let him have it, he's like, he's not bringing that back. <laughs> you. 
<laughs> and he was uh, right, was, too. I went through a couple of them when I was trying to decide on a carry firearm. Um, but as far as just having one in the safe, like that P30 is awesome. You know, I uh, I didn't happen to, to like, I love it. I think it's cool. It wasn't my favorite. Um, for some reason, with pistols, I seem to be a Beretta guy. I like the Cheetahs. I like the 92s. I like the M9s. I like the, uh, oh, God, what is it, the PX4? I, I like all of them. I, I like Berettas. As far as pistols go, I seem to like Berettas. Um, the Bobcat, the Bearcat, like all of, uh, any Beretta. I just, I, I seem to gravitate I, towards those. If, and they, they said it's not the same trigger, but if it turns out that their concealed carry firearm has the same trigger that's in the P30 and the VP9. That is a smooth trigger. I will admit that. <laughs> that, that has, that has the capability of replacing my, um, P365. It is, it, I mean, that, the, I will say this, that the, the, trigger on that p30 was and i i mean i I assume the sk and the in the full version are the same trigger it is the creamiest trigger you will ever pull in in a pistol it's it's the only trigger i can do anything with as in a double action it's it's just it's flawless i I, i'm not kidding i have never shot a pistol with a better trigger than that and 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 out of the box and that's kind of my hope is that what what i'm going to get is that style of or that good of a trigger in a carry firearm i'm hoping that that's the case for it because you've uh you've been trying to find that perfect hk for years really i mean you've tried well, the, most the, of their the, offerings the pro- i i love the vp9 and the p30 sks um but the problem is is that they're just a little bit too bulky for concealed carry sure Sure. Uh, so, so, and that's why I ended up going with the full size P30, and as far as the one to stay in the safe, because if I'm just using it to go to the range, then why get a subcompact? That's that's valid. I mean, it really yeah. is. I'm I'm waiting for the. Uh, you sent me a picture one uh, a couple of weeks ago of the uh, Beretta Cheetah 80X. Um, they're they starting wanted hundred dollars. What was it? Eight hundred no, that I that no, they it was a thousand. They wanted a thousand dollars for that. Which is which is funny because I'm seeing that in a lot of the big box places here on the East Coast that I step into. Not as much in the the smaller joints, but the the big box stores are everything is above MSRP versus under. Yeah, I'm like, and it wasn't nope, <laughs> and it wasn't even the, just the firearms. Um, my my new obsession is I went back to knives for a bit, um, and the, even those were above price it was kind of like dude i can get that for like two-thirds of that online even after paying for shipping yeah and let's start to to talk about that uh oh actually i have one more piece of gun news i bought bonus buckmark from him you know that the other uh 22 browning buckmark yes that you saw in you that said picture. you were planning on it i didn't know that you actually yeah got no it. I, I did i bought well actually i used the money that he gave me or piece a uh, very small piece <laughs> of the money that he gave like, you me. didn't pay that all you didn't pay all that 800 bucks back to him no, just for the it's, it's 300 bucks i gave him 300 bucks for that buckmark i'm like look i know you're not going to shoot it you got it just because i have one and I said, you don't like it because he went immediately every time we went to shoot after that, he went immediately back to his Ruger. And I'm like, look, you're going to shoot that Ruger Mark three. Why don't you let me buy that buck mark from you? Now, does this mean you're going to double holster? You're going to have like one on each side, like the strut out into the field. I had not considered that, but it may be now. <laughs> 
<laughs> it may happen now. <laughs> I, I I don't know if you saw it yet, but but while I was waiting for us to get started, I sent you a thing on Instagram with a gold plated Mac Ten. Oh my god! And, and I my statement on that was: Is this blingy enough for you? <laughs> Probably, yeah. No, you know I do like a blingy gun on time. You know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, so we kind of traded out. I now have both Buckmarks. I have the, um, the Buckmark Hunter, which is the long seven and a quarter inch barrel with the beautiful rosewood grips. And I have his Buckmark, uh, contour with his, uh, that's all blacked out and rubberized and all that kind of stuff with the finger grippy or finger grooves for the handle and everything. It's, it's really nice. It, it really is. And, and I have both because I love, that is my 22 pistol. It's the Browning Buckmark. I love it. I love uh, everything about it. It is perfect and flawless out of the box. I love it. I I have to admit, I'm I'm actually really enjoying the uh, the, uh, the little Taurus 22. I was gonna say, did you shoot the TX 22? Yeah, no, no, I've had a chance. It's 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 really 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 nice little gun to shoot. Everyone has said that. Everyone who's 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 gotten one, I have talked to, is like, man, I love this thing. It just it's great. It chews up anything and and doesn't really yeah. jam and and you just kind of go to town with it. Yeah, no, I've I've got a bucket of uh, that I just dump twenty two into and not not even sure what brand <laughs> half the stuff is. You're like, yeah, and, I don't really care. It's, it's yeah. whatever. Just load it in here. It's fine. Well, the, the only thing I actually look at for brand and honest to god performance is is for the my defensive ammo. Yeah. Other than that, it's just whatever's cheapest and throw it in the bucket. <laughs> you know, if, if one of them doesn't fire, you just eject it and realize you didn't spend that much and keep going. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's 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 fine. It's a great way to train if you're doing combat training or, or you know just trying to keep your skills sharp or, or something like that. It's it's like costs a third of of what it would cost at nine millimeter or, or three eighty. So, or God help you, three fifty seven or thirty eight. Which I don't know about you, but up down here, it is expensive to shoot three fifty seven or thirty eight. <laughs> Uh, yes. Uh, thankfully I don't have either of those at the moment, but I will say I've been looking for some 44 and that's, you know, I can find it online for about $50 a box, but in the, the stores here, it's closer to 70. Really? 44 mag? Yep. Huh. I get it for about $45 a box. I I can find, actually I take that back. I found remanufactured stuff for 40. Um, standard stuff for about 50 and then in the stores it's like as i said it's about 70 bucks about 70 75 dollars a box see down here they consider that a varmint round because people are putting them in lever action carbines right they everyone's got either a henry or a marlin or something like that or a uh, a winchester lever action carbine and that's what you use for a varmint round coyotes wolves and some of west texas uh hogs any anything like that that's just it, you're it's a one-stop shop so yeah down here it's varmint round as well as a 3030. 30 is like king of the hunting rounds other than 223 down here. But uh, let us talk a little bit uh, about something else you did, which is you <laughs> mentioned earlier that you went back to Blades for a minute. Just to, to, It just got your I, attention. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always... Ca- yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes I've, I, I always have a knife on me. It's just kind of one of those things where uh, whether it's a folder in my pocket... Uh, it, I've even gotten more to carry knives for defensive purposes in the cities and stuff of that nature be rather than firearms because, let's be honest, if I get mugged by somebody with a gun, I'm not fast enough to draw on him or something of that nature. <laughs> Whereas somebody tries to physically mug me, um, a knife's going to do just fine. Yeah, I have. Uh, I always have a knife on me. Uh, it is something that um, I don't know if fathers teach this anymore. It's something my dad always taught me. He's like, always have a knife on you. 
they're eminently useful for everything. Always have a knife on you. Never have an expensive knife on you that you care about, like losing or getting dirty or, or you know, chipping or whatever. Like it's it's supposed to be used, but have a knife on you. Well, uh, or you go to one that's extremely expensive and won't chip on you. Yeah, um, and that's kind of where I went. <laughs> I carry a Kershaw, um, just like a little Kershaw. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like one of the little. Like I guess they're forty dollars now, but um, you know that it's got the little tab on the spine, and you you know you flip it out, and it's spring loaded and everything. It's a really beautiful, like simple I, knife. The Kershaw I have, which is the one you will always find in my pocket, is the Blur, which is kind of their flagship knife. Mm-hmm. Kershaw um, Blur. Hold on. And I and I and I like the fact that it's also got it's partially serrated as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I have found out that if you're a true knife person, you do not need serrations. However, I like them. I do not have serrations on mine, uh, but it is uh, like I have. Shannon carries um, either she normally opts for a Kershaw or a Gerber. She carried a Gerber for a really long time, and um, she she has serrations sometimes. That is a, a thing that she does, uh, but. I, I've had them before. Well, I suddenly dis- discovered rather than folders, fixed blades. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, and I and I bought a couple of things. Um, the the main one I bought was is and I discovered the brand Essie E S E E. Yeah. Uh, which apparently makes you know like really rugged survival knives. Uh, now I'm not talking like Rambo style survival knives. I'm talking about like camp knives. Sure. Um, and I bought an SE3, which is kind of like their mid-size, mid-range sized. Um, and what I found, first of all, the other thing is, is I'm sitting here watching somebody my size online standing on top of one of these SE knives in between two chairs and it not bending. I'm like, okay, that's, that's got some strength to it. Um, but, uh, though it's not the way I stuck with it, I started, uh, put it, the first time I put it on, I scout carried it, which is horizontal at the small of your back. Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I found I found out something extremely interesting that has got nothing to do with knives in general. When you're driving down the road like that, it's excellent lumbar support. <laughs> Dude, that is the most old man take that is actually useful I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was, my first thought was, oh my god, am I going to bend this thing? Then I remembered the guy standing on it. I went, no, it's nah, fine. Just lean into it. Fine. It's good. Oh yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to get caught with it. It's kind of like, what is that? Lumbar support. Lumbar support. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I carry a Kershaw leak, and I I shouldn't stand on it, and I don't think it's going to be lumbar lumbar support or anything like that. Um, the, the other, the other one I bought is I bought a benchmade uh, dagger. I for it comes when it comes to the defensive stuff because of my personal fighting style. I like the ones with the uh, ring for your finger to basically hold it on. Yeah. Because basically, God forbid, somebody comes after me, I'm I'm gonna grapple and rip with it. I have heard no, I do not own a benchmade, nor have I ever spent the money for one because they are not inexpensive knives. No. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. However, I have never heard uh, even a story of anyone who has, A, broken one, or, B, had anything bad to say about them. 
well, that, that was the other thing I liked about Essie that got me into looking at those because they're notorious for the fact that they, if you break one, they have a no questions asked, we will replace it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you manage to break this thing, we will replace it. A friend of mine has a, um, Oh wait, I know it's a sword name and it's a little bitty night. Uh, uh, benchmark or benchmade claymore. I think I, th- I swear it's called a claymore. And I didn't I, see that one, but okay. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's a little bit. I mean, it looks a lot like any of the other pocket knives that you would see. It's got a manual lock. It's got a you know, it's got a push button and all that kind of stuff. But um, this thing was like two hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. It is freaking indestructible. Uh, well, it, I I've I've kind of found from my because uh, when I obsess over these things, I start to look and read at everything. Oh, absolutely, I do the same. Um. That basically, if you look at a quote-unquote knife expert and tell them you're looking for a very, very solid um, folder to basically, as an ADC, that almost all of them are going to say the Benchmade bug out. Yeah. Which is just your basic, average, everyday folder that will do anything. And they are almost... like 150 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a hundred and fifty, hundred and ninety dollar knife. Some of them are like, oh my god, this one's like three hundred dollars, three twenty. Oh my god, they go up. Um, three thirty. <laughs> yeah, bench bench maids are not cheap. God dang, man, that's a uh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I don't think I've ever paid over seventy five dollars for a knife in my life. Because <laughs> I like all the stuff I have are when I say knife, I mean pocket knife. Or, or something of that nature. Because, well, uh, like, daggers or, you know, like, when you get into daggers and blades and stuff like that, or buoys or, or anything like that, then they get expensive. But Well, I tell you what, the the, 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 the larger one, the SE3 that I bought, you know, I've, I wear it outside doing yard work. I mean, I've already taken tree limbs with it without any hesitation. <laughs> right. You're like, now we're not talking about, like, thick, I needed a saw tree limbs. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> So, yeah. was, I mean, so once again, it does exactly what it's supposed to do. You know, there are a lot of things I think a lot of people neglect to arm people with. And when I say arm, I mean like with the knowledge. And one of those is I think everybody, man, woman, or child, should have a good knife with them, uh, be it small or even a Swiss Army knife, you know, whatever it is. I think you should have a knife. And that's just, and it may just be because that's the way I was brought up. I had my first pocket knife when I was 10 years old. And I still have it. It's a Swiss Army um, Pioneer. It's the red-handled metal-framed Pioneer. And uh, it was, uh, or metal-scaled, metal-handled, whatever it is, Pioneer. And it had four blades on it, and I still have it. And it is freaking indestructible and awesome. And I... I, I... I remember my grandfather always had his pocket knife with him. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't think my father's ever really done it, though he started now. But, you know, look, I go over to my uh, my brother's house, and, like, my nephews are always kind of like, here, open this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because they know you have a knife. And it's fine. Like, it doesn't have to be anything threatening or illegal or, or dangerous or something like that, but have a blade. I would suggest, and this is just me and how I do things, have a blade that locks somehow, whether it be a liner lock or a spine lock or, or something like that. I find that more useful, but that's just me. Well, uh, 
what I found intellectually interesting looking at the different knives I had and what they were there for is it's really funny to me that the larger, more menacing looking knives I have are tools. Whereas the smaller one, much smaller, the things that somebody may look at and go, that's dinky are the ones I have for defensive purposes. (laughs) Isn't that weird? (laughs) It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the ones that's meant to cut you is not the big, scary looking one. You know, I have a series of knives that, um, you know, like um, buoy knives and hunting knives and, and all that. And the ones that are actually used for that purpose are not the ones everybody looks at just same as you are not the ones everybody looks at and goes, well, no, that's a knife. You know, like they're, you know, they got skinny handles and there's a reason it's called a Texas toothpick. You know, um, there's like, it's made to do certain things and have and perform certain functions and they're real functions and they don't look pretty like the other knives do. It's because they're actually designed to work. And yeah. There's a difference. If you if you look up the SE3, I mean, I sent you a picture. What I mean by you is anybody who might actually listen to this. If you look up the SE3, it is not a snazzy-looking knife. It is purely, totally, and utterly functional. Yeah, it is my favorite style of knife blade, too, which is a drop point. I love those. Um, and I, there's there's something just sturdy about that. Like, you look at that, and that's useful. Like, I can look at that and go, well, yeah, that's but you, useful. But you see people, like, digging out of the side of a stump with the tip of this thing, and it doesn't come off. Yeah. No, that's uh, not something I would do with my Kershaw. That's not going to make it. <laughs> no, I mean, hell, I you know, uh, my Kershaw, I actually broke by running it through the washing machine accidentally. <laughs> now, now, I'll admit, I did send it to them, and they did repair it without any questions whatsoever. Um, but at the same time, it yeah, I, I'm not yeah. – it, it broke. Yeah. Um, so, so uh, the other, actually, the one, the thing that I saw, which was, which um, made me go, okay, that's the one I want, is I saw some guy demonstrating how he couldn't get a chisel to pull, pull, to pry the differential off the back of uh, this guy's car, but he managed to get his SE3 in there and without any hesitation, no um, bending it whatsoever, popped the differential off the back and the knife held up perfectly. Yeah, there are degrees of steel, and there are strengths of steel, and that is made differently than most of the other knives that you're going to have. Um, Now, when it finally does fail, it will not bend. It will not chip. It will shatter. (laughs) But you're going to have to use a freaking hydraulic press to get it there. (laughs) Like, I don't think you can apply enough force on it to actually break it or snap it. Um, as a human being, I mean, there might be somebody who can figure out one of those applications, but it's not me, you know, like I've seen those knives, you know, uh, my father, my brother carries one left, right and backwards. And I think it is an essay or S-E, S-E, S-E. The S-E is how I've heard it pronounced, but I really have no clue. I don't know. It's E-S-E-E, you know, um, but uh, he has one. He carries it everywhere. It's got a G10 handle, you know, it's got the aircraft aluminum screws in it. Um, for you know to hold the handle on as well as uh, stuff, and he's got a, uh, a a lanyard on it, and he carries it in his in his belt as well, vertically, not scout position, but vertically in his belt. And I'm finding that it's easier to conceal vertically. Yeah, and my brother's a kind of a big guy uh, as well, so he's always running around with his shirt untucked, and just like I am, but he has a little well, bit more I, to I, deal I, with. Even, that. even 
even professionally, I don't tuck my shirt in unless it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, I, yeah, my because I mean, my general work is I'm either wearing a scrub shirt or a uh, uh, company polo, and am I tucking that thing in? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so to me, it's uh, it's kind of uh, just one of those like personal preference things, like what you use your knife for. My knife is used for opening boxes, packages, mail, and all that stuff most of the time. Also, cutting, cutting line, cutting rope, cutting stuff like that. Like it's 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 medium light duty. It's not a stabber. You're like I'm not going to use self defense. I mean, I guess I could if I had to, but like the the Kershaw leak was not designed for the special forces. Okay, it's just a no. quick little knife to to cut things open. Um, and, and I'm doing the same thing. I'm opening crates and stuff of that nature. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you do with it. But I, I when somebody's wrapped a laser in enough uh, shrink wrap to, it's kind of like oh my god, it's things a mummy. Yeah, exactly. Like, or you're trying to yeah, exactly, or you're trying to open like plastic clamshell packaging. It's like oh no, I'm not doing this. This is not happening. Here, watch. Here it is. There you go. Uh, that's now it's open. You do whatever you want to with it now. Um, it's, I truly believe everyone should, should carry a blade of some kind, right? Like you, you're, it will become useful in your life and you, you cannot imagine if you don't carry one, I cannot imagine, you cannot even fathom the amount of situations it will help in. And if you're not willing to just carry a blade, carry a multi-tool. Yeah, even that's fine. You know, yeah. like something, carry something. And a lot of multi-tools have a knife, a small knife blade in them. Exactly. Now you're probably going to need to sharpen it because they don't really come sharp from the factory. But but try it. You know <laughs> something. That's I I cannot believe. There's I'm nothing that'll annoy you more than a dull knife. Ugh. And I try to explain that I'm like they don't come super sharp from the factory. Oh no, they sharpen them. I'm like no, not the way you're going to want them. Like if you can't shave with it, that's not a knife blade. That's a screwdriver with an edge. All right, that's what that is. <laughs> Okay, now I do follow through with the for uh, practical knives the the twenty five degree angle versus the twenty that'll actually shave. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I have both. Uh, my uh, my knife I normally put to a twenty five. My father, who is a was a professional knife sharpener for twelve years, goes to a twenty. Uh, but like my father's knives, if you look at them funny, they'll cut you. Like, they are exceedingly sharp, and he gives me crap endlessly. So, oh, well, that's a nice knife, Sean. That's a good sharpened stick you have there. You know, like, it's... <laughs> Thanks. What you have is a really flashy-looking screwdriver. <laughs> he gives me endless yours, crap. Dad, I have used this as a screwdriver. Yeah, you know, and I don't have, like, a... You know, the, I, I have. I, I, I do all kinds of... Like, I am not gentle to... My, my Kershaw does not live a, a pleasant life. I'm sure if it could speak, it would be mad at me. However, um, it is very useful. I've been carrying it since... Uh, well, actually, you know what? I got it for Christmas right before the pandemic started. And uh, Shannon gave it to me, and I love it to death, and I've carried it every day since then. I do remember also when I sent mine back to be repaired, the Kershaw Blur, uh, I almost like didn't know what to do with myself like, <laughs> when it was gone. Like, what do I put in my pocket now? What's, what what's what goes the, in this spot? It's empty. I, and, then, and when it came back, it was kind of like, I this has made me uh, irrationally happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't be this happy over getting my pocket knife back. I have gotten in the truck. 
and backed out the driveway, realized I didn't have it on, pulled back in the driveway, turned the truck off, unlocked the house, gone to get it, gone all the way through back. And and I I never felt bad about it because I was like, I can't. I feel naked. It's like leaving the house without my watch. I cannot do it. And I, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I will not leave the house without a knife on. I just won't. Uh, and it's not any big deal. It's like a little three and a half inch blade. It's it's not huge at all. But it's freaking useful. You need that. Like if it's, I don't feel it on the. I clip it into the inside of my right pocket, and that's just kind of where it hangs out because it's got the little belt clip on it or a little clip on the back, and that's where I keep it. I keep it in that. And you can check any any pair of jeans that I wear. It will have the wear marks from the clip from that knife in the pants. Right in the corner of that right seam pocket. Right well, there. I, I used to keep mine in, uh, or actually do keep mine in my back pocket next to my wallet. So that, once again, getting mugged. If you're, you can reach for your wallet and come out with a knife instead. It's up right there. Um, so in continuing with our non-gun content here, uh, I would like to talk a minute about archery, which is weird. Because... Uh, <laughs> if you know me or grew up with me in my household, my father... My grandfather, my brother, even my mom are all naturally gifted archers all to to a person, every one of them just uh, they can pick up any bow and put an arrow exactly where they want it to go. It's freaking annoying. Um, I was not blessed with that innate ability. I love archery, but it is a frustrating affair for me. It, it, I can't get it where I want it to go. I, I don't, it, it just doesn't work. And they're all just like, hold the boat still and just, you know, be one with the arrow and just, you know, put it there. And they can, my brother and father. Be the ball. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> Spock, be one with the horse. You know, like they don't, they, it, it's very frustrating. And I, like they can stand at 20 yards and trade putting arrows in a milk cap at 20 yards okay tink 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 like they've shot two arrows a piece there's four arrows in a milk cap all right they routinely shoot the knocks off their own arrows because they're putting it in the exact same spot it is freaking annoying um I am not that good. Now, I, I I will say that Mythbusters did bust the myth about like splitting the arrow with an arrow. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, especially with modern arrows and stuff like that, you can shoot the knockoff easy, easy. You can shoot the knockoff all the time. I've seen it happen. I've I've watched my father and my brother do. They shoot the knockoff that thing because it's just a little bit of plastic. And when you know an arrow hits it doing 165 feet per second, the the little piece of plastic is going to shatter. It does. Splitting it in half, especially with a carbon arrow, that ain't happening. <laughs> it's not. It will move. It, it'll just. It'll move out the way. Uh, you may bust the knock, bust the knockoff, but you're not. It'll move. I've seen that happen way too many times. However, my experience in archery is like one kind of in the corner of the bag, and the other two are in the lawn, and uh, either above the target, beside it. You know what? Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's it was a horrible experience, and I shot that way for twenty years, and then I just quit. I just quit. I hated it. I hate it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick it up. I wouldn't do it. So I was talking to a friend of mine, um, who is an avid 
shotgun enthusiast. He also shoots archery and uh, rifle guy. You know, he, he shoots everything. And I was talking to him the other day, and I'm like, you know, archery season's coming up, and my dad's going to start doing archery. He says, why don't you go do archery with him? You like shooting with him. And I'm like, yeah, except it's archery, and archery sucks. He's like, what do you mean? And I explained my problems. And he said, you're an idiot. I'm like, well, I know that, but in what specific area are we talking about? <laughs> you're going to need to be more specific. Yeah, I'm like, you're going to need to expand on that because like, you've got to narrow that stuff down. Uh, he said, you know how to shoot a shotgun. I said, yeah. He goes, well, how do you shoot a shotgun? I said, well, I, I shoot a shotgun unlike my father who does instinctive shooting where he basically doesn't look at anything. He just instinctively knows where to go. I use the bead on the shotgun to locate where I want it to be, uh, where the tip of the barrel is and where the, it's going to be in space later on and, and use that to kind of put where I want my shot. And he goes, you know they make sights for bows, right? And I'm like, yeah, I tried those when I was a kid. He goes, did you try it after you learned to shoot a shotgun or before? And I went, uh, when I was 13. He goes, yeah. He goes, <laughs> why don't you put a sight on a bow? You know they have fiber optic pins just like you're shooting off on a shotgun. They have pins that you can put on the bow, they're fiber optic, just same as you're shooting now, that locate kind of where the arrows can go, and and you can use that as a fixed reference in space on elevation, and you can even do some, some left to right with it. That way, you know, you have a spot where you can shoot. It should locate the arrow for you. I want see what happens when you rage quit, Sean. <sighs> yeah. Oh, dude. I was, the, I was, I was, I would rage quit. All the time with archery. I hated I, I tried every type of bow. I tried a compound, a recurve, uh, uh, you know, a reflex deflex, a longbow, uh, Texas long curves. I tried everything, everything. Um, but that was, you know, five shot in 15 years. Uh, maybe 12 years is the last time I shot. Well, the girls did a Girl Scout camping thing, and, and it was archery. And, of course, my eldest daughter, like my father, like my brother, <laughs> like my grandfather and my mother, is a gifted archer. She took 10 seconds with the thing and went, oh, so you pull it back here, come back to this, and then thunk, thunk, bullseye. God And, and those of us who know your daughter know that she is not going to let you forget. No. I don't know what the big problem is, Dad. You just kind of point the thing and, you know, hit the bullseye. I don't see what your problem is, you know. And my youngest, bless her heart. Is just like me. She couldn't <laughs> hit shit. And I'm like, baby, I'm so sorry. You got my archery gene. I'm so sorry. And I was having, I was relaying all this to this uh, this friend of mine. And he's like, you're an idiot. Why don't you just put a sight on the bow and, and use that as your fixed reference, just like you do with a shotgun, and then throw some sticks and see what happens. And it took about five minutes, and I had an eight-inch pattern. That wasn't on the bullseye, but it was in the bag and an eight inch pattern. And I went at 20 yards and I went, oh, this is going to work. <laughs> you know, like, holy crap. I don't have a peep sight in the back or anything. I'm just putting a sight on the front of the bow just for a reference point. And uh, I took it from, I can't hit the broadside of a, literally could not hit the broadside of a barn if placed far enough back from it to um, I can hold an 8-inch pattern. And then I moved that down to a 4-inch pattern. And then I started moving it to the left or to the right into the bullseye 
And in a my third time shooting with the sight, trying to dial it in and get everything right and figure out how it was going to work with the bow and all that kind of thing, uh, I hit eight milk caps in an hour. And I went, this has never happened. I'm 46 years old. I've never hit a milk cap in my life. Not even on ran- – you'd figure by random chance – the, the percentage of me throwing a thousand arrows at 20 yards, I'd hit the milk cap at least one. Never happened. Okay. Like, ever. Dude, even shooting randomly, you should at least hit dude, one of even them. Even with by your now. eyes closed, you should have been able to hit, hit it once, you know? Like, no. Um, I hit eight in an hour and I went, holy crap. And only lost and only threw two arrows out of the bag. And the, each of the, I'm shooting with a release. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically like a strap that wraps around your wrist. And then it hooks around the string, and then you have a trigger, uh, just like a, a shotgun trigger, pistol trigger, whatever, that uh, when you pull the bow back and you just click the trigger, and it releases the bow for you. I'm shooting with one of those. So it's very much like a shotgun now. And as far as, you know, the the sighting and, and the trigger, you know, um, the, the two times I threw the arrows in the dirt, I hit the trigger, and I didn't mean to. I wasn't ready, and I just... And off it went into the grass. But that's okay. You know, like I kept the rest of them in the bag and I got eight milk caps. And I was like, holy crap, I can shoot archery. And this is something I can teach my youngest, who is like me, going to need some kind of reference in space to figure out where the hell this thing is going to go. And it was just such a revelation. I had to get on and tell it to somebody, the 10 of you who listen, uh, that (laughs) like... You can like uh, these these sighting skills, these targeting skills, these skills you learn with with firearms move over. Right. Like you can use these same skills to shoot with other types of things. And archery is one. And it's it's made archery an accessible hobby. I've always really liked it. I was just very frustrating in lines. Jake would say I rage quit every time, (laughs) every time I'd rage quit. Uh, For those of you who don't know, Sean tends to be a little bit competitive. I am a slight bit competitive, yes. Uh, and if he's not going to be able to make it work, he will get pissed at it and throw it. This is accurate. That is, that is accurate. <laughs> I mean, and I'm not mad at anyone but myself, right? Like, like, why can't I do this? You know, and I never could understand because the way my parents learned, the way my brother learned the way my grandfather learned it was this like beautiful instinctive kind of natural way of shooting and i just can't do that i i don't understand it it doesn't make any sense to me i don't i don't get it and you put a sight just a 20 dollar chinese freaking fiber optic sight on the front of this thing and suddenly i can hold a pattern and i'm like oh my god <laughs> It's that what it's, well, but it, I, I can empathize with you considering the fact that in a family of college level athletes, I'm the only overweight nerd. <laughs> I'm the only overweight nerd. <laughs> and they're all yeah. talking about their athletic achievements and you're like, yeah, I, I got nothing. I can't. I yeah, got no, nothing I, it's like, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm no good at that. It, I, I mean, I was only good at one things and that was knocking people over. If the, if the sport involved knocking someone over, I could do that. <laughs> Um, you know, well, you're a fairly decent was, sized guy. I mean, that's something you you can do. Well, yeah, no, no. That once again, instinctual. You just you knock him over. <laughs> um, that's never know, been my reality, it, by the way. I've never been able to knock over anybody. 
Well, I mean, and, and it wasn't for, for lack of trying. You know, I've played soccer. I played football. I played lacrosse. Uh, basketball was just never going to be my thing. Um, I, I, I played all these things. I was just never the one that was really any good at that stuff. Yet, And yet, once again, my brother was an All-American lacrosse player for four years. Yeah, and, and you're like, well, I cannot relate to you on that. <laughs> I got nothing for you. And uh, what what killed me more than anything else, when I get very frustrated like that and I rage quit stuff, it's because I don't understand what I could be doing better. I know what I'm doing wrong, which is I'm not well, effective, but I, I don't know what I can, how I can improve. It didn't make any well, sense to me. I just don't have the same level of hand-eye coordination that the rest of my family does. I just never have, you know. Even 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 when it came to like playing video games, the moment the things got over three buttons, it's kind of like, no, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I just I was so frustrated I could not shoot archery. I just couldn't do it, and I didn't understand why. And it really, honestly, and it goes back to this, and it goes back to this every time. Shotguns have improved my shooting with absolutely everything because of that training and because I understand how a shotgun works. I understood how a rifle worked, and then I parlayed that into pistol work, and now I parlayed that into archery. I can shoot a bow. If it has at least one pin in the sucker, uh, One, give me one pound. I don't care if it's brass, fiber optic, whatever. Give me a pin as a reference in space. And I can shoot archery. Just put something on the front of that bow. And now I can put an arrow more or less where I want it to go. I'm in the bag. I'm not, you know, trading milk caps every other, you know, every flight like my brother and my father do. But I'm in the bag and I've, I got eight of them in a, in an hour session. I got eight of them. That is amazing to me. That is, that is, I can now shoot archery. I'm not any good at it, but I can shoot archery. Uh, before it was embarrassing. Like they would say, you know, here's my son who shoots archery. And then Sean was also here. Uh, it was it was not good. And I rage quit it so many times. Um, but but the the fact I put a $20 freaking sight on the thing. Um, and I ordered like a cheap Chinese boat. It was like a, a it was called. A, it, it's very well made. It's a tachyon archery. Um, it's just now, a little, now, what what qualifies dollars and cents wise is a cheap Chinese boat? Okay. I don't even know what they cost. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if you were going to buy an American Bear or, um, you know, a PSE or a Howitt or, or, you know, like a, a name brand American bow, you're talking hundreds, three, $300 easy. But a the Chinese who have been making bows for, I don't know, a thousand years, uh, different style bow, but um, they've been, they, they're bowyers. I, I think Always I remember happen. reading something that the Mongolians were noted, noticed for that. I mean, uh, yeah, they they had a couple of horse bows, uh, as I recall. They only conquered, you know, the, half the world with them. Um, you know, like every every major group had their style of archery, right? And uh, the American, uh, the Native Americans had their style of archery. Um, the Europeans had the English longbow. The Mongols had the horse bow. The Egyptians had the triangle bow. Um, the Chinese noted every once in a while for for some archery, um, only for recorded history. Um, you know, the Japanese bit. have that nice, goofy-looking, big Zen bow. <laughs> exactly. 
there's the, everyone has their style of archery. Well, uh, modern American archery has really evolved into two forms um, that are different than any other. One is the modern American recurve, and the other is the compound bow. The Americans are traditionally credited with the compound bow. Um, but modern archery has recurves, takedown recurves. And you can buy one today, right now on Amazon, a damn fine quality bow for anywhere from 80 to $120. Are crossbows uh, cheating? Yes. Uh, in archery, crossbows are cheating. That is a, that is a rifle with a string. Is what that is. Um, if you can put well, a scope I, on it, it's it's not it's not archery. Well, I was I was caught off guard looking at them at one point in time, finding out that some of these crossbows are far more expensive than the firearms, and that yeah. was kind of like, dude. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, like I, I, no, no, I'm not a crossbow guy. It's it's not my thing. Um, they you can you can fire them like a rifle. Yeah, you can't. You can absolutely fire them like a rifle. Now it takes you half a day to cock one but and load it but and you probably pull your back doing it but other than that it's great um <laughs> not my yes, thing yes but i've discovered lumbar support yeah. <laughs> he's got his he's got his uh he's got his fixed blade no uh, it's it's about uh i got mine for about 100 bucks uh it's a tachyon recurve and uh and just, i just got a 30 pound to begin with and put a 20 dollar japanese or not japanese chinese loano sight on it which is a copy of the uh the trophy ridge uh joker 4 and hey hey we, we both have have uh enjoyed the 20 dollar chinese red dot before absolutely so. and i'll got to tell you um every review i saw every archer i saw on youtube that used the tachyon said this is a wonderfully made perfectly acceptable lovely beginner bow and it is i got it it's a it's a takedown recurve um 62 inch and i shot all day with it um i've shot it like four or five times now and it is it is just a lovely lovely bow and i it is basically a takeoff of the of the samic sage it's it's almost the exact same bow. Uh, a lot of a lot of people are making it. SAS makes one. Um, there's the Black Hunter. There's a lot of them on Amazon that you'll see, and they're all, as far as I can tell, every single one of them is fine quality, just beautifully made. Not, uh, I mean, they're not fancy in any way, but they're really solid quality takedown recurves, and they they just work. And uh, that's what I got because I didn't want to put a lot of money into this in case it was a fluke. <laughs> You know, the kids are like, ah, gotcha, Sean. You had one good day in the sun, and that was it, you know? <laughs> Let's talk about beginner's luck. Yeah, exactly. You know, I thought, okay, I don't want to put a lot of money into this. So I had, uh, I spent about 100 bucks on the bow and $20 on a site and borrowed some arrows from Buana and shot all day with it. And it was great. It was great. I, I enjoyed the crap. For the first time in my life, I enjoyed archery, and I can honestly trace it right back to shotguns and learning to shoot with a bead sight. And um, you know the the skills transfer. You know with archery they transfer. Now you're you're pushed to the left or right or up or down or something like that is different, and and your lead is different and all that kind of stuff. But it works exactly the same as far as the concept. Put the pin where you want the arrow to go, more or less, and let the thing go. Pull the trigger, let it go, and that's what I'm doing, and it's working. So. I was so excited. I had to tell you all about it. Uh, write in if you don't want us to use any more of the knives or archery content in the guns <laughs> podcast. But it kind of fits. Um, 
But this was the only outlet well, I could Well, I mean, how many gun shows that you've, have you gone to that they don't also have bows and knives? Yet yeah, none. I mean, every exactly. every one of them has has bows and archery equipment and knives. I mean, d- knives are. I would I would suggest you even in Texas, there are more knives at the gun show than there are guns. Um, one, they're smaller. Two, they're cheaper. Uh, three, they are arguably more useful in everyday life uh, than firearms are. Uh, I, I, don't, I think you're not un, unless you're in a war or, <laughs> exactly. you know, I use my knife or, a lot or, more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm hoping I'm hoping that your knife is more useful than your firearm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I okay, uh, may, maybe if you live in Chicago, maybe. Well, it's maybe more required. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. Uh, there's uh, then, uh, you know, if you live in Chicago right now or, or parts of California, you probably ought to be having uh, <laughs> Baltimore, Philadelphia. Yeah. Any of those uh, you might. Uh, personal body armor is probably also a part of your everyday life. Yeah, but they made that illegal in New York. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, because that makes sense. <laughs> you can't hurt anybody with body armor, but it's illegal. I'm like why? Like, why? Hell, there's a there's a bill in California right now to make it literally illegal to confront someone for shoplifting. In California, it already is, I think. I I thought that's what the, I didn't know that it would passed. I knew it was going through, but I didn't know it passed. Yeah, you you literally cannot confront so, and lots of stores are pulling out. You know, because they're like, look, we can't support that. That's that's just we're giving right. stuff away at that point. Like, like no, we that's not our business. Our business is not to give everything away. And I, you're gonna run into some problems with that. But um, body armor is illegal. That's crazy. I don't understand that. I think they want the police to be able to shoot you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that is just messed up, man. And, and armor piercing rounds are too expensive. They're too expensive. Yes. Ah, yeah, because that's totally, yeah, unbelievable. You know, some of the <laughs> some of the stuff, it's just so funny. But uh, anyway, let us know uh, one way or the other, hawkseyeguns at gmail.com. If you uh, drop us a line, tell us uh, what you like, what you don't like, uh, show us your new gun, show us your new bow, show us your new knife. If you don't like this uh, non-traditional gun content, let us know. Uh, anyway, thanks to you guys. Uh, Jake, you got anything else? I do not. Right on. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for writing in. Jeff, thank you for the email. Uh, again, hawkseyeguns at gmail.com. And uh, if you write in, I promise you, you know, we'll talk about it. And uh, we will see you guys next time. On behalf of Jake Bona and I, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you're interested in more content like this or podcasts, check us out at hawkseyeguns.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.